0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: All right, it's always game day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, Channel 7 Sports Director here at WKBW TV in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550 with you, and Bill Sideline, reporter of the Bills Radio Network. I was also the MC for the recently played Micah Hyde Charity Softball Game. This is a great event, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it They had it in 2019, didn't have it in 2020 or 2021 because
2: of the pandemic and 11,000 tickets were sold. It was amazing. The atmosphere is great. I mean, it's the perfect setting for a family. If you have children who are Bills fans, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, friends who have kids who are Bills fans, whatever it is, that's the place to go because you get to see those guys out of their element. Obviously, it is much more affordable than going to an NFL game. Maybe you have a chance to get some autographs. Maybe you have a chance to get some pictures. So it's a really cool event, and it also – does some really great things, not just in the community, and of course, this year it took on an entirely new meaning of everything that happened a couple, you know, a couple days ago. So, it's an amazing event, and I'm really glad that they did it. And it seems like it was a big success. Yeah, and they raised a lot of money for Micah's
1: foundation, the Imagine for Youth Foundation, mm-hmm. sports equipment for underprivileged kids. Yeah. It was amazing. Two hundred thousand dollars went, went went there, and then a lot of the proceeds went to the. Um, the families of the tragedy and the victims of the shooting in Buffalo as well. Uh, proceeds from the silent auction, 100% of those, 100% of the 50-50 went there. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody just kind of did whatever they could to help out in the community. And the great response from the fans in the stands, obviously, to see these players come together for a great game and a great cause. And, of course, Josh Allen stealing the show. Exactly. He wins the Home Run Derby second time. We'll call him the two-time champion back-to-back, even though there wasn't the softball game for two straight years or the Home Run Derby. And I could tell Jordan Poyer was not happy oh, I'm that he sure. lost again to Josh
2: Yeah, Jordan Poyer has a chip on I remember before the game, somebody asked Micah Hyde if Jordan Poyer is going to have a chip on his shoulder in the home run derby. And he said, oh, of course he is. And then I started thinking, when doesn't Jordan Poyer have a chip (laughs) on his (laughs) shoulder about literally anything? So yeah, and I'm sure Josh is going to probably rub that in Jordan's face for a long time because that's how Josh is. And then he gave you an all-time answer with the trophy in his hand. So let's walk through what happens. He wins the home run derby. And
1: I said, and I took the liberty of saying, Matt, Josh, I think I speak for pretty much every Bills fan when I say this isn't going to be the last par- piece of hardware you're going to be holding. <laughs> and, then he, and then I said, and I followed up with, so what does it mean to you to have this trophy? Where does this rank in your accomplishments in football and elsewhere? And his response was, this is just a placeholder until we win in February. Amazing.
2: That video took on a life of its own on social media because, of course, he's playing to the crowd, but he also truly feels that way. Like He thinks, like, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, and I love that in that setting he has that confidence, and they know what the goal is for this year. And it also shows that, like, this guy can have fun. He's not, you know, a typical... NFL quarterback who's kind of robotic and who just kind of stands up there and is like, you know, we're on to our next game. Like, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to play the crowd, and I think he truly believes that too. People ask me all the time what Josh is like, and this is the best way I can say it.
1: Um He's very buttoned up and trained in PR. He knows oh, what yeah. he knows. right? He knows he's the face of the franchise. He knows, and we've seen this with this group that's here under a uh, great PR staff led by Derek Boyko. Like, we know that they, they understand. And Sean McDermott, of course, it comes mm-hmm. from the top, right? That in that, Brandon Bean, like how they're supposed to act when they're around us, when they're around fans. We know that. But he's also not fake, Josh Allen. Yeah, He, he, he knows how to, how to do it. He's also not fake. I think that, that comes through as well. When you talk to Josh, I think he's genuine. And here's how I'll even give an example. At the end of the softball game, he walked, he he signed pretty much every autograph in his face from home plate all the way down left field. Went into the dugout and up the ramp and I went in. I said, hey, you know, how, how you feeling? Whatever. I said, are you done? He said, no, I'm going back out. He was just going in to basically get a drink or something, came back out, went down right field, and did the same thing.
2: Yeah, and I think that that speaks volumes, too, to not just who he is as a player, but as a leader. Yeah. And I think that's why he gets the respect that he gets from his teammates, and that's why he's also so beloved in this community. Because he is the perfect face of a franchise. When the Bills drafted him back in 2017, you know they didn't know what they were he was going to be. On the field, but they knew from their interviews and all the research that they did that, like this is the guy that we want to be leading this for a long time, and he has certainly lived up lived up to that hype. And he hit a couple of dingers, by the way, in the <laughs> yeah. game
1: itself. Lots of guys actually did go yard. Um, at one time, the offense had four home runs in a row. They're starting to get in their groove. These guys, after they saw the uh, the, the pitches, you know, one time through. There were some guys who did not hit the ball very well. We even had a strikeout. I can't remember off top. We had one strikeout <laughs> oh, slow no. pitch softball. I, it was it was Isaiah Hodgins? I don't want to say that if it wasn't name. It. it was a receiver. I don't think it was Marquez. Okay. Stevenson. It was a. I think it was a receiver if I remember right. Okay. We had, but we did have a strikeout in slow pitch softball
2: in that game. I played one year <laughs> of slow pitch softball with my buddies. I don't know five six years ago, and I was not very good either. But I forgot the rule. Something of something along the lines of like if you struck out, you had to bring like a thirty pack of beer to the next wow, game or something. There you go. So there was. Incentive. Like, you better not. Even if you just ground out, that's fine. Do not strike out. Do not strike out. We did have one of those. Um, Boy,
1: some fantastic plays. Does it surprise anybody that Saran Neal made like three great plays in the outfield?
2: No, because he's just an unbelievable. (laughs) That's like their And Tywan Jones, by the way. Of course. That's like their DNA. Saran Neal, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, even Josh Allen. Those guys are good at. everything Everything. right literally it's so frustrating (laughs) it's amazing how come you can be so good at the at football right but then also so good at all of these other things that you happen to do it's amazing it was a great time
1: everybody um you know there i think had a really fun time raised some money but let's just real quickly touch on what josh said and now the expectations Mm -hmm. this is a team not shying away from the expectations they're not going to come out and say we're winning the super bowl yeah but i also don't think they're backing off whereas remember when sean McDermott first came in it's it's it still is always about the process, but I think even now, even he's giving some space to. Look, we know who we are. Mm-hmm. Like this is you, they've earned these primetime games. Like we've been in these
2: situations. They're not shying away from who they are anymore. No, and actually, something that Sean said before the rookie mini camp practice, which we'll also touch on, was he was asked about getting the schedule, and this stood out to me. And he said, Josh knows what those stages mean, and he's the yes. leader of our team. And I picked up on that because he hasn't always kind of used that language. We've known that Josh is the leader of the team, but Sean hasn't always kind of come out flat and said like josh is the face of our franchise josh knows what these stages mean that will get funneled down to the rest of the team and if they look to him they'll be in an okay position so i thought that meant something that they do realize that they're on this stage as many times as they are because of the success they've had and they're embracing it and their biggest star seems to thrive in that setting two other
1: things he said he said number one he said our coaches have been there too Mm -hmm. he said our coaches have been in those situations and the other thing he said which transitions us into rookie minicamp conditioning wise where players (laughs) are right now I will tell you nobody seemed like they were out of shape in a softball game but Matt you know you get in rookie minicamp the Bills just held it uh it was uh May 13th and 14th they held it on a Friday and Saturday you know I asked uh Sean McDermott about conditioning and he said look some of these guys just came off the banquet circuit which was a which was a funny line but it's true They have to have a certain amount of expectations of where they are conditioning, but at the same time, every player is going to be in a a different spot. So we go out there, we watch. It didn't seem like anybody was struggling. You wouldn't wouldn't fault them if they were Mm -hmm. in the heat. It was a very, very hot day out there. But we did get a chance to notice a lot of people. You were shooting video out there for Channel 7, obviously. Mm -hmm. Anything you took away specifically from any specific player, drills, teams, anything like that?
2: You know what I specifically took away? Kyir Elam is bigger than I thought he would be. Like seeing him up close, it was like, wow, this guy's got some size to him. He's got like a pretty powerful stature, and I think he is a really strong complement to Tredavious White. And it's not like they've always had the biggest cornerbacks. Like Levi right. Wallace was a tall guy, but he was pretty slender. Yep. Kyir Elam seems like he's pretty built and mm-hmm. that he's got a frame that you can probably build onto. So he was bigger than I thought. James Cook was smaller than I thought he would be. Now, that does not mean he is going to be a bad NFL player. He could be an amazing NFL player. It's just when I saw him, I was like, wow, he is smaller than I thought he'd be. But he's also faster than I thought he'd be and shifty as heck.
0: That guy
2: was just running past everybody. And he looks like a smaller wide receiver, not a running back. When he's out there, you're like... That guy can run routes. That guy can get separation. So he does seem like he's going to be a weapon for this team.
1: Yeah, I'll start with him. You're talking about shiftiness. Boy, he cuts on a dime and just so makes smooth. people miss right right in front of them. Like they're grabbing at air, basically. Now, there's no hitting, there's no pads mm-hmm. on, they have helmets. We, we all understand this. I'm just telling you from a pure, pure football athletic standpoint – when we go out, you've been in enough of these rookie minicamps, so have I. You can just tell people are different. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy's different. He's yes. different. He's just a different guy. 100%. Different than most of the guys you see go out there. That's why, I mean, look, he's the brother of Delvin Cook. We know that. He had a he had a good career in college at Georgia. He was a big recruit in high school. He's going to be able to, I think, handle situations like this and look a little better. But he looked, to me, almost off the charts better mm-hmm. than a lot of the guys we saw. I agree with you about Kyrie Elam. But I think if you're looking at them from, like, 30, 40 yards away... He reminds me of Tradavius with his length Travius mm-hmm. is a longer guy yeah. right he's and I think that he's he's a little bit more put together up top but he is he they're also they're both skinny they're both slender mm-hmm. and he's got that length and I that's one thing I wonder Matt what you said is right the perfect compliment to Tradavius do you think they wanted a guy like Travius who's long like that to play a little more press it wasn't Levi's best suit he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't strong enough to do something like that Travius can do it they don't ask him to do it a lot I think they might have targeted and wanted. I think I think there's indications this team's going to play more man-to-man defense
2: this year. I think that's absolutely true. And I think that once you've made the moves you've made in the offseason, you can probably get away with doing that, yes. too. Like, now you have faith that you're going to get home to the quarterback a little bit quicker than maybe you have in years past. So I think we could see more of that. And I think that's why he was probably an intriguing addition for them. I don't think that's the sole reason. Right. I'd assume that they had four or five cornerbacks Actually, I'm assuming it's four because of the McDuffie trade-up that happened right before them, and then we see they go up and make a move. So my thought is they probably had four cornerbacks who they really liked, right? and they were like, we're getting one of those guys. So they ultimately got him, and it gives them a little bit of wiggle room if Tredavious isn't ready to go week one, but by all accounts, he seems to be trending in the right direction.
1: If Khalil Shakir, who I think looked just right in place, looked Mm -hmm. like he belonged in the NFL field, didn't do anything flashy, but— just was there, right? Yeah, Just, exactly. he, he did everything he's supposed to do. He looked pretty good. If Sh- if Khalil Shakir has a really good preseason, do him, Jamison Crowder, and Isaiah McKenzie all make the squad?
2: Yeah, I would say it's probably those three: Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Stevenson. <sighs> See, that's this is where I, uh, Jody Biase, my
1: colleague at WGR, and I, he he brought up the fact that does Jamison Crowder maybe do they move on from him if Khalil Shakir looks really good and save the money. That you sign him To a one year deal I think it's possible But I think they Really like Jameson Crowder Yeah I mean he's 28 years old I think maybe 29 He's 28 years old Yeah
2: Be- Beasley's gone 100% If you can get similar production, and this is asking a lot, but if you can get similar production from Jamison Crowder that you did from Cole Beasley the last couple years, while he is still a couple years younger, it is a no-brainer to have that guy on the team. And it also eases Khalil Shakir into the role that they want him to eventually be in, which is the same thing they did with Gabriel Davis. So I don't think they're going to be so quick to move on from a veteran for a rookie because they've had the chance to do that the last two years with Gabe Davis. Clearly somebody who can contribute, right. and they haven't. So I think they like kind of that slow trajectory of just continuing to get better. So I can't see them moving on from Jamison Crowder. I think for me it comes down to Marquez Stevenson, Jay Kummerow, Isaiah Hodgins. Like, Isaiah Hodgins has to do something. Hodgins or has else had his 100%. opportunities, and he hasn't made it. 100%. So like I think he's probably the longest shot to make the team. And then after that, I'd say... Stevenson probably gets the edge Just because of the return Agreed. side of things But they do value like Every time Jake Kummer ran onto the field You kind of knew like Okay, this team's going heavy They're going to try and run And he's a pretty good blocker Maybe they give Gabriel Davis More of those snaps Because he can handle it But they have depth there That's a, It's a good problem to have for the Bills
1: Let's wrap up our inaugural episode Of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo With Matt Bove, Channel 7 And Sal Capaccio With Punt God yes. As he's been referred to mm-hmm. Matt Ariza Matt Bove and I (laughs) did not get a chance to see him punt or kick or hold at rookie minicamp. Kind of like the secret guy, right? They brought him inside. I don't think that's why, but um, he did go inside. We didn't see him punt. I thought I felt a tremble on the ground.
2: (laughs) That might have been him punting in the field house, but we didn't get to see it. I don't know if that got picked up on the Richter scale, and it was just (laughs) the ball coming off of his foot. I was so bummed. You know, you go to rookie minicamp— and never in my life did I say, or what I thought I'd say, I want to see this guy punt. But I was like, I get to see this guy punt today. And then we didn't get to. How so many questions does Sean
1: McDermott have to answer about Matt or Iza punting? After it's a while, a, he's like, guys, you know, he, not, <laughs> don't put him in the Hall of Fame yet. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say that, I mean. but basically.
2: Same thing after day three of the draft. You know, right. they draft all these guys. Khalil Shakir like, slips. Everybody's like, wow, what a great value. And all of the questions to Brandon were about punt God. Okay, so... Are you are you going to be watching
1: him punt or hold more the first day? First day he goes out there, he has. Either say he's going to punt. Here's the question. We're going to end on this. Ready? I'm making, Matt, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either watch him hold 10
2: snaps uh-huh. or punt the ball 10 times. What are you watching? Oh, punt 10 times. I'd, <laughs> I'd like to think that like I'm pretty in with details. Yes, That guy could screw up the hold 10 times in a row. I probably have <laughs> yeah, no idea. Right. So I'd be like, oh, it looked like the laces were out. Yeah. I think he should be okay. I just want to see got, what he's got in the bag.
1: got to see him punt. you got to see him punt. It's,
2: remember when they drafted Tyler Bass and you'd yes. watch him kick and then you'd watch Hauschka kick? And the way it was explained to me was like watching Bass hit a kick is like watching somebody hit a driver. Watching Hauschka is like somebody hitting a smooth iron off of the tee. Nice. They both have their place, but I am assuming it's going to be this exact same thing with Ariza, and that's it all why I'm comes excited. back to golf with Matt all it the all time. It all comes back
1: to golf. By the way, Tyler Bass, speaking of hitting a driver, he jacked one out in the softball game. Did he? This was one of our controversies. He was playing for team defense. Yeah. He runs around the bases. Uh-huh. Matt Barkley yells at me, Sal. That should count for the offense. He's a kicker. It should, and I said, and then Mike is like, "No, no, that's not." So this was a controversy. But Tyler Bass jacked one out. Was it a numbers thing? Like, did they need him to play on the defensive know. side of the I, thing? He could have been offense. I think.
2: See, I think the defense had more guys, so he should have been offense. Maybe he is putting points on the board right. for the team. He should be on offense.
1: Well, see, there's our controversy. Maybe we'll have it and settled. If,
2: and you could almost split it. Was uh, Reed Ferguson there? He was not there. Okay, so he I was would, the only specialist there. I would say if he was there, he should have been on defense. All right. Well, maybe we'll see. uh, They did. The two honorary
1: captains were both offensive guys, Steve Tasker and Thurman Thomas. They didn't have an honorary defensive guy. It was just bo- both offensive guys. Offense sells tickets, baby. That, that's right, but in this <laughs> in this case, defense won the championship. There you go. Because they did mm-hmm. actually win the softball game. Matt, this was fun. Thanks. We're going to do this a lot. Twice a week, basically, yep. but look for it wherever you pod, everybody. Uh, it's always game day in Buffalo. We're super excited to talk to the fans, so um, I know you can uh, tell everybody where they can catch you, how they can listen to you, and we're going to be promoting all of our stuff cro- cross-platform
2: here. Yeah, Channel 7, basically every single day, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that whole thing, and I am so excited. Like, this is going to be fun. It's like riding a bike. We're sitting here, we're talking, we're talking about the Bills, and as every episode we do now, we're closer to football season. I'm not wishing away the summer by any stretch, but I am very much looking forward to Thursday, September 8th against the Rams. For Matt
1: Bove, I'm Sal Capaccio. Thanks for listening to the inaugural episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Subscribe to this podcast, Bills fans. Okay, picture
0: this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.